before I'm an artist, I'm a human being first. Mm -hmm. And that's like really, really something that I've been trying to remind myself because like I'm the type of person that when I go into anything, absolutely anything when it comes to like creatively relationships, I'm all out. Oh, yeah. Like I, I pour everything I, I love until I have no more love to give. And I'm the same way with, with my, with my work. It's so important to not lose yourself in mm. it too much. And I feel like that's a really good lesson to have it. All right, welcome to a new episode of Quantum Creatives. And for this episode, we have a very talented guest. She is the singer-songwriter Jada. And I think I caught Jada at a really interesting time because she's putting out music where she has these songs that really mean a lot to her. She came out of these relationships and these experiences that really made her grow into this new era, right? So she's coming into this interview with so much insight and so much learning coming from this really personal artistic process. And she just released this new song called AM. And uh, it's out on Spotify, but the new music video is going to come out by the time this episode airs. So be sure to check that out. Um, Jada's story is really interesting because she grew up in a household of pop star royalty. Both her parents are really famous OPM artists. See, Jessa Zaragoza and Ding Dong Avanzado. Um, she talks about her childhood where she would tour the states. So masama siya sa mga concert ng parents niya and she'd always be exposed to music. Um, she talks about growing up in California and then later moving to the Philippines to, to study and work here. Um, we talk about the songwriting process, which is very interesting. Um, she has this close collaborator, her producer, Casey. And I think a lot of you who work closely with other creatives, especially mga kaibigan nyo, um, you'll really enjoy that conversation where she talks about close collaborators. Um, she's also a big fan of the Notes and Voices app. So, and daming notes and daming mga creative seeds dun sa, sa mga apps niya. And if any of you creatives relate to that, you know, who kind of pick parts of your life and just set it aside for creative inspiration later on, I think you'll really relate to this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jada. Um, it was really insightful. We get into a lot of advice, um, a lot of emotional advice too for the latter part. And I really hope that helps you guys bring out your inner creativity in whatever you're doing. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jada. Alright, so welcome to another episode of Quentong Creatives. And today we're joined by singer, songwriter, and actress Jada. Welcome to the show. Hey, Gio. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so fun. Like, I'm so glad to to be here in person. Yeah, I know. I mean, we yeah. we got to talking offline Kanina and yes. it was already our conversation was already starting to go. So yeah. um a lot to talk about today. We're, we're trying to save it for yeah, the podcast. Save it for the pod. <laughs> we should have we, we should have set up the mic earlier. <laughs> yeah. Really. Um so, so yeah, so maybe like a good place to start would be the new single. So yes. AM is gonna come out yes. like later today. Later, later. Yeah. So yeah, at the time of recording it's October twenty-sixth and, and it, it drops midnight of October twenty-seventh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Why why does why do songs drop at, at midnight? Is that like some Honestly, I think it's like Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Uh -huh. I think it's just a it's just a thing. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that it drops at midnight. It's like I think for most songs anyway, although like I know for some like other artists like like Taylor Swift, like 
it won't drop at midnight over here because of the time difference in the u.s something mm, like yeah, that yeah, so yeah. it's like it happens like later in the day here or something like that but i don't actually don't know that's a really good question yeah i, I just came up now i wonder if it's like um you know spotify rules or something i don't know but maybe you get more plays if it plays at that time or something maybe or know. it's just like uh Maybe it's just like a standard kind of thing that's like set for yeah, everybody. Yeah. It's like okay, like it releases at at that. It's less complicated. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If I someone don't know. knows. Um, say question. it in the comments. I'll, I'll yeah. have to ask. <laughs> I have to ask my team about that probably. Um. So tell us about AM. Um, right. Yeah. What prompted the the writing of that song and what were you trying to get with this new release? Right. Well, with AM, actually, I would say like it's one of my most personal records that I've ever that I've ever put out because I wrote it during a time where um, I'd experienced this, um, I guess, really um, difficult breakup mm. that I feel like really kind of changed me as a person. It deeply affected me and it changed my perspective on, on love. And, you know, like I was looking for an outlet for the pain that I was feeling at the time and obviously that's music for me mm. and so that song you know just it came out of it and um it was one of those things because like one thing about me is that I'm a concept-based songwriter mm -hmm. and the concept really you know came to mind immediately like I knew that it was going to be called AM I don't know what or how it was going to sound like but I knew in my heart I wanted to write a song that was called AM and I wanted it to be about you know reflecting on you know, the relationship of mine that went wrong and wanting to go back to the better and the brighter days, the AM of the relationship. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AM can mean a lot of things, though. Like, right, it's right. up to people's interpretation. I was going to ask you later on about your process, but you might as well, since we're here in the topic yeah, of songwriting. Yeah. Of um, are, are you the type of songwriter to, like, really sit down and grind out a creative work? Or do things just kind of come to you and you try to write it down? I would say that it depends on on every song i feel like it like the process isn't really uniform for me but i'm generally a concept-based songwriter so it always usually starts as a concept or just about like me thinking about what it is i want to say in the song because like that's how i believe like us songwriters are like you know there's no concept that's a hundred percent original it's right. always just like about um, the way everything is differentiated between artists is how we say them. Yeah. And so, yeah, like the way my process is, is I like to come into the studio, whether that be like remotely or in person with my producer, Casey, um, who's in Boston right now, but we met in L.A. Mm -hmm. And I, I just present to him a concept. Usually what we do is the nat very natural process for me, because he's actually a really good friend of mine, too. And he's like a confidant to me. Like, I just, you know, talked about my feelings and especially like, you know, let's say for AM, like I was just telling him how I felt in those exact moments of the breakup being so fresh for me. And I was in L.A. at the time and, you know, being in, in L.A. away from over here and just like, you know, kind of being isolated in a way and, and being put in a position where I can't do anything but write about it. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, it was very therapeutic for me, which is why, like, uh, that song is, like, one of um, my, my most personal and, like, favorite songs that I've ever written, I'd have to say. So, yeah, so that's how the process usually begins. I usually talk about my feelings. We have a Google Doc, and mm -hmm. then we just, like, write things real time. We'll write down thoughts 
and then eventually they can become lyrics. Yeah. Um, they, they usually tend to spark ideas and we just kind of work from there. Um, I'm a very organic kind of songwriter because like usually some people they'll top line, they'll write to instrumentals of pre-made, mm -hmm. but I like to do everything from the ground up. Okay. So I'll write on my piano or guitar for the case of AM. I wrote it on the piano right. and I was just like, you know, trying to figure out the key. And then I came up with the first line of it. And then just like everything tends to kind of just like fall through from there. But sometimes I'll I'll get an idea in the shower. I think that's yeah, yeah. The, the exciting part about songwriting is it's never usually cookie cutter for me. It's never the same mm -hmm. each time. And that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps it like my songs from sounding too similar mm -hmm. from one another. But it's the production and just like the way I structure my melodies that kind of create some sort of cohesiveness for it to become like a Jada song. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's interesting you mentioned that i'm like i'm reading this book now um the creative act by rick rubin mm -hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with rick rubin but he's like a legendary music producer he, he did the beastie boys oh, um i see slayer like all these red hot chili peppers and he's kind oh, of known yeah. as like a music guru in la to like work with artists to pull out like the best um you know um ideas from right, their for right. albums and he does talk about that where um when you get a good idea, like you really have to grasp at it because you, because you know um, if the idea will just like go away if you don't get it, right? Yeah, so that's true. Pluck it from the universe. I you know? I have to agree because there I've gotten ideas for melodies and I've lost them. But also my producer Casey, he's in the belief that if you don't remember it, it's not it's not an idea worth right, having. Right, right. But at the same time, whenever I do, even if I'm like in the most random of places, like I'll be in the middle of a conversation, I'll pull out my phone and I'll excuse yeah. myself. And then I'll just like, and then I'm just going to start like humming or singing or doing something into my voice memos app. Dude, like that's yeah, a, like yeah. I probably have over a thousand voice memos. Wow. I'm not even exaggerating. Wow. Like I really do like of different things like that app is so handy for me that yeah. and my notes app like that's a treasure trove of that's, like... that's an exact anecdote from the book i forget which artist that was but like this artist he's like a folk singer when you're having dinner with him he's gonna step out and leave the room and everyone understands like oh he just got an idea he so just let got him an idea. Yeah. write that down you know yeah like you you you're i think you're really spot on that it's it's important to strike while the iron's hot or once uh -huh. the inspiration is is there which is why like i like writing songs when i'm in the thick of the feeling but it's it's nice for me to have someone to be with during the process like my producer my co-writer mm -hmm. Just because like sometimes also like when you're so emotional, it's also kind of mm. difficult to figure out like what you want to say, especially during a breakup. Like for me, oh, yeah. it's like you're feeling all of these emotions at once and it's like kind of hard to to process, to process stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the notes app and the stuff you record, are these melodies or is it poetry? Or are they lines? Yeah, what, so, what um, so for me, it's... It, it depends like it's a mishmash of a lot of stuff i mean in my notes app it's usually just it's lyrics and like thoughts i like i used to have this like one big like note of just like random blurbs of different things and i would just mark it in terms of like what i felt like the concept would be around that even though mm. like i never had actual melodies for it like for example um, there was one that I had called like sandcastles and I, and then I just wrote like, this one is, I feel like will be about 
how relationships are so fragile like sandcastles like something like that like i used to have that or for me like i'll just i'll write a concept and then i'll just write about what i feel like the song will sound like like i'll write a specific note like this song sounds like um a cross between this and this like just Mm -hmm. like how i hear it in my head because like i hear a lot of things that just makes me sound like i'm crazy (laughs) like i hear a lot of like I hear the instrumentation in my head. That's yeah, like that's how yeah. I I operate. Like not even just as a songwriter, but as a producer as well. Like I I'm the type of person that I generally know what I want, and yeah, yeah. I know exactly like how I want it to sound. Like even if initially I don't, I'll get there because like after a while, like I'll I'll just hear it, and mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. and and the way that um I'm able to operate with that because like my producer and I we just we're just so in sync with each other. He's like a brother to me. Yeah. And when I ex- he has a gift for like when I explain things and when I say like this is like a certain element I want from a song, he's able to take that element without like copying it exactly, but yeah. grabbing the essence mm-hmm. of it and just like you know building all of these ideas to create. A new song or a new product so yeah th- that's so cool i'm um i was gonna talk about that later too but we might as well talk about uh creative collaborators right because you, yeah. you know i've been seeing that a lot with a lot of good artists now like you see phineas and and billy eilish and billy, olivia yeah. rodrigo and then i grow yeah, yeah i mean you know with the stuff they've been putting out uh they just put out like a, a concert recently where it's just like her and dan talking about how they made the songs yeah yeah i saw that on tiktok it sounds it's so personal it's like she goes through this experience and you know he helps her filter it into this um song right like a sonic you know interpretation of her experience Mm -hmm. um talk about how your collaboration started like how did that um with your producer how did you find him and how did you get to trust each other in the creative process right so um with casey so we met when I was we met when I was 17 years old in uh, end of 2020, mm-hmm. and we met through another one of um, the producers that I I worked with, and um, you know he was the only one that uh, this producer his name was Lugo he was the only one that kind of like wanted to like do a session with me at the time like it was like pandemic mm-hmm. you know like and we went back to the U S like at the end of 2020 because like nothing was happening over here. And then he was like super down. Yeah, let's do a session at the studio. And then that's where I met Casey because they used to be business partners. And, you know, we'd created a song then. It was actually my first time doing like an actual writing session in L.A. Like we we worked with another songwriter over like Google Meet. And, you know, the song was good, but I feel like it didn't really um, represent me as an artist that well. But like the product was was good. But then at the at the same time, like I was still figuring out like what Jada wanted to sound right, like. And right. I was like, I was writing songs, you know, by myself. Like, you know, I used to be such a lone wolf when it comes to like songwriting. I like yeah. I write by myself or I write with my dad. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like at the beginning of 2021, Casey and I, we were corresponding over email and things like that. And he had just simply asked me. Um, do you have any songs that you've written yourself that you'd like to show us? And so I showed it to him and then he was, you know, impressed. Like he really liked my song um, that that I had sent to him at the time. And the partnership just kind of grew from there. Um, we used to kind of work together as a trio. And then eventually we kind of like branched off and Casey and I just started working together mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. because Casey and I, we really aligned. I guess like, you know, 
um, with him being like a little bit younger as well, like him being able to relate to me. And like, I think it's cause like in terms of friendship, he yeah. and I grew more in that sense. So it really helped our creative relationship right, as right, well. Yeah. Cause like, you know, whenever I'd like tell him about my problems and things like that, or things that I'd experienced and go through, like, it would always make it into the songs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like it just became such a natural process where um i used to walk into sessions and i'd be so anxious about oh my god like am i gonna be able to contribute anything to the yeah, session because like yeah. that was always my fear like with when writing in big groups is like you have so many people throwing ideas all at once because like i like to sit in my ideas and like marinate yeah, yeah. With, with them and just like not feel pressured about yeah, yeah. time and you know getting like credits and things like that and you know but with casey it's never that way because it's like it's always just like a conversation between friends that's great creating things you know together and that's how that partnership really really started and then he and i like would start working more remotely because like as i was going back and forth between la and and manila like you know we'd still write over facetime and like zoom oh, yeah, yeah. and you know we'd produce uh the tracks together um like i'd give him notes and then he'd bring them to life and he'll send it to me and it's like a whole back and forth thing i have a studio set up in my room so some of these songs like for idiy actually like about like 95 percent, 99 percent of that's all in my room oh, that was all recorded yeah. in my room so yeah, so I think that's just the magic of my partnership with him. It's like you can put us anywhere in the world. Like at one point, like he was in he was in Dubai and we were like writing songs together over FaceTime. And it's just like we have that rapport because like I've and, and I think, you know, what the the secret is for me and him is he listens to me and he lets me dictate where I want to go. And that's so important as a creative, like obviously when a collaborative process, like I get his input and that that's the same whenever I work with anyone. But when it's in regards to music that I'm creating, especially for myself, it's so important for me to feel really strongly about the concept or where we're going with a song. Because if I don't like, yeah, I'll be able to do it, but it's not going to be at its optimum quality. Like, I just feel like my partnerships are most fruitful creatively when i'm able to kind of like um be able to have creative control as to where we're going with it because it's going to sound more authentic and the way i sing it and the way like the production comes out like you'll hear it and you'll see it with me that i feel like i'm doing something right when i feel like this is my next favorite song right, right. like that's always when you're excited like, about it yeah, yeah. Then when i feel excited about it like when i you know he and i like obviously it's not a perfect process we've written songs where i'm like <laughs> eh, it's okay yeah but like i know that we're we're really hitting it once i feel like Oh, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now, and we were put able to put it into the word into words exactly. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, the the friendship and like vibe check is such an important step. because yeah. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. I mean, you you made songs in your bedroom, you share songs with your family. It's such a personal space, it you is, personal it experiences. Is. And when someone says like, "Hey, send me your songs," you know, um, it there has to be like that bridge of trust at first. You know, exactly. I, I come from like an advertising background, so right, I, I, I shoot. Yeah. 
I'm in production. We shoot for ads, and it's very transactional. You know, it's like you commit. It's like what you're saying. You yes, go into like the meeting a client. room. Yes. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Like this is your role. They'll present this, and we can approve it. And it's like, you know, friendship can happen if it happens. You know, for a long period of time, you're in a shoot or whatever. But usually, the first interaction is so like kind of stiff. It's you know? formal. It's, it's formal. formal and, yeah. yeah I, I find usually the best projects come out of like connection. You know, between two creatives, right? Or maybe not I even agree. a creative, like even someone who comes to the table with like a logistical, you know, background, not really creative. But you know, if, if there's like a friendship, if there's like a spark and connection, it's, it's, it's something different really comes out. No? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And especially if, um, you know, people who come from the logistical side of things like um, give a lot of appreciation for the creative side of things. Mm. I feel like that allows creatives to, yeah, to flourish uh -huh. more because, you know, in that way, like, you know, we're able to kind of be at our best selves yeah. and just like allow ourselves to be able to surrender ourselves to the process, if that makes yeah. sense. No, exactly. Yeah, no. like I feel like I, I, I definitely resonate with that because like, you know, I've I've worked with a lot of people and like i feel like i've worked best with people who have been like you know what just do you mm. do what you do best mm -hmm. obviously like like you said when it comes to the advertising side of things like for me being um as someone who has been in endorsements and yeah. acted in you know commercials for said endorsements like usually it's it is like that it's like okay like this is this is what you have to do yeah and you know and then you do it and it and it and it works but like it's such a nice thing when the, the director asks you like how would you interpret this or mm -hmm. this and that like it just makes the experience even more exciting for for us yeah, i feel yeah. and like the passion really translates into the work at the end of the day like you can never go wrong with that for sure um let's 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 go to am yeah. um so yeah what was that like when you first came to you know, you presented the that song and the lyrics. Um, yeah, like how how did that start off with I don't know with your with your producer? Um, well, like I said, like I I literally told him I was like Casey, I'm a concept. It's like I want to write a song called AM. It's like I, I told him I don't know how it's gonna sound yet. I don't even know what key it's gonna <laughs> be in, but it, like it has to be called AM. And like sometimes when I feel so passionate about songs, like I, I really have to chill for a bit because like sometimes I can get so excited where it's like, oh, I don't know where to start, yeah, yeah. you know, but then like did, I was- Did it come from a note? Did you have like a melody at the start or um, was it a lyric? I, I tried writing stuff on my guitar and, you know, just like playing around with chords, but it just, it wasn't really sitting. Cause like, here's what I think. I- I've written songs on the guitar, like no problem with that. It like that's how I started songwriting. But my dad has always said that I'm I've always been married to the piano. Like I feel like that's my instrument. And so when we were sat in the studio in in LA, like there was this like keyboard and I just started playing the piano and then I just blurted out the the first sign which which was um I watched as we turned to nothing but a memory. And I was like yeah no this is this is feeling good like i feel like once we got the first verse in like that's actually because like we were working on another song and they were like okay we still have time like why don't we start off like initial ideas for am and like i remember i think 
getting into the booth and just like even if we didn't write the chorus or the pre-chorus yet i was like we need to get this idea for the verse down because like this is this is something this is like i feel like it i feel, i felt really passionate about about that so it really started as that and then the with the second session i believe like everything just kind of flew by like really quickly it was one of those songs that kind of like wrote it wrote itself you know um but then like originally because like if you listen to the lyrics like am is not mentioned in the chorus so i was like when we had written it the end of the chorus is and now you don't even want to call me a girl you used to know so we called it like i i remember the working title was like girl you used to know and i was like is this really the title? Like I was trying to find a way around it and I was like, fine, we'll just like keep it. Like I I remember like a, another alternative lyric was like, and now you don't even want to call me. I'm just someone that you used to know or like I'm not someone you'll miss at all, something like that. And then it's just like, it wasn't hitting. So we just like kept like, okay, we'll keep girl you used to know. But I was like, I got to figure out a way to put AM somewhere right, there. Right. And then... Um, so as I wrote about it, like, cause like the, the song is really about just like reflecting on the relationship mm. and, you know, knowing that I have to move on, but it's also kind of lamenting on the fact that we never, like the, the chorus is like, we never made it to that movie. I didn't get to call you my home. Yeah. Like it's about like when, when I say we never made it to that movie, like uh, it can mean a lot of things to different people, but, and it can mean a literal sense, like we never got to see that movie together, but it's like, we never made it to that picture perfect love I that see, we, we aspired to yeah, yeah. to be together as. They actually um, sent me a sneak peek of the, the song, so I got to yes, hear it before yeah, going I, here. Actually, it's I actually dope. told them. It's pretty cool. Thank you, thank um, you. And I did want to ask you about that line about yeah. going to the movie, um, because for some songwriters, specificity is like a tool, you know, for yeah. for you know, drawing out like a real experience. But mm -hmm. now hearing you talk about that, you know, there could be different interpretations of mm -hmm. that experience. Um, is are you the type of songwriter too to like really you know find specific experiences and like I don't know um, expound on them? I'm all about that, really. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say like I I'm a very descriptive songwriter. It's very narrative based. Like I I tend to take the the personal and conversational approach a lot. Although um and I think it kind of adds to what you were asking me about earlier like what's in my notes apart from lyrics there's also poetry there mm -hmm. so like it like I would say that my approach to lyrics is it's a mixture of conversational where it feels personal but then I'll inject like certain aspects that feel very poetic so yeah but like with the with those specific lines like with AM like um like we never made it to that movie like I wanted it to be able to really paint the picture of where I was at in my personal life because like one thing about me I think I I've discussed this in previous like uh, in a previous podcast that I was on um was like the culture over here in the Philippines like I was never really able to talk about my personal life in mm. in detail and I think it's cuz like over here it's not really encouraged either for you know, people, especially in the celebrity side of things, like and young women, to talk about relationship history because it's like oh, bata <laughs> yeah. like that sort of thing. Uh, and you know, and that was fine because, like, to be fair, like growing up, I didn't have a lot of relationship experience either. But now, me being a young adult, like, I just feel like it's most authentic yeah. to me. It's to part be of your story. To, yeah. It's part of my story. So yeah. So 
with those lines, like with that chorus, like what my goal was, it's I just wanted to be as honest as possible, like and as descriptive as possible and and paint it in such a way that, um, you know, like for what the relationship was like to me like okay this happened and this happened like it's the reality of things that um you know like that you re realize as a young adult that you know relationships don't go the way that you want it to be yeah. like most of the time mm -hmm. like a lot of it is trial and error and even though you wanted it to work out like sometimes it just doesn't and you just have to accept that and the song is is just kind of like me. It was me in that acceptance stage because like when I was writing it, I hadn't accepted it at right, all. Right. And like that in itself, that relationship was such a whirlwind. Like I'm not <laughs> even going to lie. Like after I wrote it, there was a reoccurrence of it. Like it didn't like, like it, it didn't work out, but then it like worked out again. And yeah, then yeah. it didn't work <laughs> out again. Like it was like one of those relationships that... I think will forever stick with me right, right and it was that's why like it was also another one of the reasons why i wanted this to be my second single because i feel like um like it it's a really good like window into what jada's personal life has looked like in the past couple of months past year Did id ily um is that a connecting experience so um i would say that Music video wise, yes, okay. but um, topic wise, no, because I wrote IDIOY last year at, oh, okay. in like early, like early to mid, earlier mid twenty twenty two. So like around, I think it was like April or May for IDIOY, and then I wrote AM like at the beginning of twenty twenty three. So like that's a different person right there. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah. but I mean if people like to, you know, associate them with one another then that's that's okay. Like that's up to them especially if it resonates with them in such a way. But I did choose like both singles to kind of be interconnected to each other in a way because like IDIOY is like it's like um even the color like the the color palette of it, the gradient of it is like it represents like the night like you know mm -hmm. the drinking culture party culture which usually happens at night and then am is like the morning after mm, the party right. okay. and like if you watch the music video which is like coming out actually okay, really soon excited. Yeah. yeah like and i guess i get to say it here as well like it comes out um november 6th um and for that like did you co-direct that too yes i okay, did yeah so cool. i i wrote uh, i wrote yeah well i wrote the concept for both of them and we shot the two music videos back to back. Oh, okay. So yeah, so you'll you'll definitely see the the connection there. They're they're fun little what can I say? They're fun little Easter eggs okay, in, nice. in those music in videos. the Jada music yeah. video universe. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I want to talk about um, you know working with the cameras and production later on. Um, sure. But let's just bookmark that. But sure, speaking sure. of love songs. Um, I, we also had JK on the podcast, right? Yeah, and he he did have this uh, excerpt when he was talking about one, um, Shamper, like huge song over of the course. past few years. Yeah, and um, he he just said he hated that. So he he said I despise that song. Like why? Yeah, because I was asking why, and he said he just can't. He, every time he sings it, he thinks of the experience of 
living through what he wrote about. Oh. So he thinks about the breakup. Oh, okay. um, are you the same way? So when you sing these songs, do memories kind of flow back? Definitely. Yeah? Definitely. Like AM, I feel like out of all the songs, it still makes me emotional performing it live. Mm-hmm, Even though like mm-hmm. I've come to accept that that breakup, like it takes me back to the moment I wrote that song. Like it, the emotions feel fresh again and i feel like um it kind of like it it reminds me of acting in a, my experience with you know being in the acting industry in a way is because like that it's also kind of like recycling old drama mm-hmm. to kind of um what what's the word like in like ignite certain a emotions yeah, yeah, for, yeah for the performance yeah so It doesn't make me hate the song. In fact, it makes me love it even more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I guess it's like you know, difference of, of opinion. And I obviously we don't really know what he went through in in detail. But for me, no matter how, um, there were a lot of ups and downs with that relationship. There were some pretty like you know terrible things that happened to me then. But at the same time, like in in a way with the song, because I you know the song is about wanting to go back to the AM. Like I also relive the beautiful aspects mm. of of it, and and like when I when I'm singing it, like I really do like visualize those moments, and that's why like sometimes like I've performed it only like a couple of times. Like I did it once, like during like a live sessions thing that I did um, for when I launched with my new label Republic, and you know like the first that was the first time I had performed it to a crowd ever and it was just it was a very emotional experience yeah. because like i feel like that song will always be so special to me as well because the person that i wrote it about will always be in my heart like i'll always love this person like no matter what like this like i wrote a, it, it about um about a person that i'll always associate to be my first great love and actually that i believe that 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 person will always be my first love mm-hmm. like i felt It's like I thought I knew love before him, but I didn't yeah, yeah, because yeah. that that was it for me. Yeah. You know, and like there's some sort of like purity in a way of the way I loved him that I'll never I'll never experience it like that again. It's not to say that I'll never love anybody ever again, but I'll never experience it like I did the first time because it was so yeah, passionate, yeah. it was so intense. It was I think yeah. that's really relatable like a lot of you know even me like you know we go through these chapters and there's like a memorable experience where we associate your first love with so mm-hmm. talaga yan. yeah so it's like for me like to answer your question i just like i i love singing it live and maybe maybe for him as well maybe because like i heard it from like my parents as well when they have like songs that like for my mom like like she'll sing it over and over again she'll be like this again <laughs> like maybe that's that that way for him as well or maybe yeah like certain emotions but for me it's always such a nice experience um especially since it's still fresh for for me Like being able, like I, I also feel a sense of like pride, or like I feel really proud with be the fact that I was able to turn my pain into something. Yeah, beautiful. that's dope. Yeah. yeah, it's like a chapter in your life yeah. turned into something beautiful that you can. I was able to market. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, like I, I also see it in a lot of ways as, like, um, with this love that I wrote about, it's that it's the fact that. I felt like I loved him as a girl, and when I came out of the relationship, I came out a woman. Oh, that'll change you, yeah. For yeah, because sure. yeah. it did. It changed me. It changed 
my perspective on love and I learned so much from it. I learned so much about myself. I learned about the things that I don't like about myself and what I don't want in a relationship and what I do want. And that's not to, you know, devalue any of the good things that I experienced there, but it's just like, there was just a lot of self-discovery with it. And it's one of those relationships that like, I'll, I'll never forget it, mm -hmm. you know? Well, yeah, I'll look forward to the music video. Hey, thank you. Yeah, 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 no, it's also, also the music video, like, I have to say, like that's probably my my most favorite music video I've ever nice, done nice. ever so far in in my career. Just because, like, when I was creating the concept for it, because like when I create concepts for music videos, um, I like to do kind of like a like an edit like demo kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like um, you shoot something like a. So what like I do is like board? I get. It's not just a mood board. It's even like specific kind of scenes like it's i'm i'm so stressed during like like a time like that like pre-prod for music mm -hmm, videos I get it. Yeah, yeah. like i'm sure you get yeah. it but it's like um because i have such a clear vision of it in my mind that i try to find clips on the internet and then i'll like even like edit those clips a little bit i'll put it all together in iMovie per word per line because like it's such, i'm so specific when it comes to yeah. that and so like i put that together for for the am music video i did that for idioa as well but i really struggled with it because like i think that's why it's also so memorable for me it's because i really wanted to tell the story of like how my relationship went i wanted it to feel like the the listeners and the viewers were watching my relationship unfold mm -hmm. on screen that's like and that's why i'm so proud of it because i feel like I was able to do that effectively. So how did that work with, with casting? Like, did you have so, to cast the? See, here's the thing. It's it's funny because like we were we were thinking at first like, okay, are we gonna cast someone that really like resembles like the person? Mm -hmm. But then we were like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter because it's more about um, the emotion. And one fact about the music video is that like. I don't really show the guy's face. Mm, like, yeah. I mean, you'll see, you'll you'll get the general like aspects of his face, maybe bits of features, and that's done on purpose because, like, at the end of the day, not to say like obviously his name is Arnold and this this his actor from um, South Africa actually that we casted, great guy. Um, the reason why, like, you know, not not to diminish his like work or his participation in the video, but like it's not necessarily about the actor it's more of like um more about the experience the mm. general um thing of what was happening like that's more of the story that i wanted to tell i wanted people to focus on that rather than like who the actor is in the video it's really more about how it relates to to me yeah like it's about the story it's really about just a story of like how a girl fell in love and she came out of the relationship as a woman like it's really about that it's like i also see am as kind of a story of like a loss of innocence in a way it's kind of like i i lost the last bits of like girlhood with that relationship like i feel like i grew up so mm. much from it like that relationship was like recent and like to me like um like i i saw myself like grow up before my eyes yeah with yeah it. Yeah, what so. a trip to kind of revisit that visually. In the I music know, video. like, yeah, because like the, you know, there are little there are little Easter eggs there for like fans to like you know find out. 
and I feel like they might enjoy that. But like, you know, you know, seeing it come to life in the way that I envisioned it was such an amazing experience. Especially like there's this shot of like, the, I think one of my favorite shots in the whole music video is like, the sequences that I shot in the shower. Because mm -hmm. like, so I was, I shot scenes in the shower where the shower is supposed to kind of, like it's like a metaphorical representation of like me trying to wash the memories and the pain away. And like, I saw it, like that was one of the first like key visuals that I um, I heard from, or I heard, I saw for the, for the music video. And I was like, this has to happen. And it happened exactly the way I want. And that's so satisfying as a, Dope. as yeah, a creative, yeah. I'm sure you, you know this, but it's like when you see it in your head and then it comes out oh, exactly man. the way you, yeah. you saw it, it's like that feeling of like, I'm doing something Crazy. right. I'm doing something right. Yeah. All the time I'm on set and like, I'm behind the monitors and there's like all these people putting something together and I'm like this is the scene that I just came up with you know last month and everyone's coming together to yeah, do it everyone's that's doing so trippy it. You know? yeah like when you see like you know people from production um you know putting it all together like from for me with my experience of like working with the prod team there they're, they're great such superheroes and even when like when I saw like the lighting the haziness the dreaminess of it which mm. is like exactly what I wanted it's like it's so cool to see these all these people come together and we all have the same goal of creating yeah, this yeah. end product like it's it's like I just felt that sense of camaraderie and teamwork and I just felt really valued as a creative as well to be in the pr presence of like um, other creatives who you know, are so good at what they do and for them to really like respect my my vision and also have that willingness to take that on and add to it mm -hmm. and make it into something even more beautiful like it was just it's it's such a nice thing to be with like-minded people I would yeah say. for sure i mean that's like one of my favorite things about production is like you know you have specialists in every area and you all get together mm -hmm. to accomplish a goal under a time limit and mm -hmm. that kind of forms bonds you know some of my closest friends are the right. people i work with in production and you know, um, lots of memories, mga kwento, kahit ano, parang travel show or on set in studio. It's really memorable stuff. Um, sige, let's let's uh, let's backtrack a bit. Um, I think we we didn't get to talk too much about context, about you know where you grew up, right. you know what was your childhood like, mm -hmm. and how music came into your life. Um, for people who don't know, you grew up in a household. Your parents are both like pop star royalty, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so what does it like growing up in like a musical household? You know what? Like when I whenever I get that question, like, um, well, from the celebrity side of things, anyway, like people expect like, so are you guys like singing all the time and <laughs> like in the house? And honestly, like, um, that was like it was like my definition of normal. Just to like that, like that's how our house is like. Like my my mom will be in the master's bedroom she'll be rehearsing her like her set and my dad will be downstairs rehearsing his set and i'll be mm. practicing in my room but like growing up like i would have to say like definitely music was such a huge like influence from an early age and it was definitely it was not at all forced on me but so i was um i was a tour baby so mm. my parents would tour like america and the world and me being an only child they would take me with them and that's the environment that I grew up wow. in, like in the entertainment industry, which is why I feel like it's really no surprise that I really got into this as well, mm -hmm. because it, this is like it's it's all I've really ever known, yeah, like as yeah. a as a kid, like 
this is like it's my comfort zone to entertain people and i was such a a people person growing up like i i was the type of kid that wala talaga akong kahiya-hiya ganun ganun ako walang hiyang bata like i was the type of kid like to, i would go up to strangers and introduce myself and like i had no hint of shyness and Um, I always loved to sing as as a kid because of that as well. Like I remember my my dad was telling me a story of like me being like I think like seven or eight months old. Like they had brought me up on um like well I I don't know if it's the crowd or the side of the stage and um they brought me and showed me to the crowd and they were expecting me to cry. The spotlight was on mm -hmm. me, but instead I smiled. And it's like at that early age, like I just really loved. Um, you know, being in the spotlight, being with like a lot yeah. of people, meeting new people, and I feel like that really shaped me into the person that I am today as well. Although, like since then, champagne, I am manunu na ako mahiya. Kaisa naman dante. But um, I would say that my love for for just like not only creating music but like bringing it to the people stemmed mm -hmm. from that. I think that really influenced like my decision as well to enter um the entertainment industry. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like you grew up in a live music setting. So yes. would you would you, you know, go backstage a lot and kind of see how the yeah. event gets put together? Yes. And um like one of my earliest memories and it's it's crazy. Like I actually do remember doing this. Like I remember I was like about like four years old and my parents had this show in the US. I think it was like probably like in San Francisco, somewhere there. And you know, like I wanted to go out on stage. I loved being on on stage. Mm. And they had said something like, "At the end of like the last song, like you can go out and like sing alone to the people." And then I, I How probably old were you then? I was four. Four, I think. okay. Yeah, and then for some reason, I I misunderstood it as the end of the first song <laughs> so like at the end of the first like towards yeah. the end of it like i run out on stage like i remember i was with like a family friend who was like no no don't go out <laughs> and i just like i i probably like very cinematic kind of way like i shrugged her off and i just like ran out and i started dancing and it was it was crazy kind of a core memory in a way yeah. but like it's gonna be an opening scene for the jada biopic for the jada <laughs> biopic i like it i like it but yeah so like that was really that was really my life which is why when you know i started school like hearing you know people from come from different walks of life like and them thinking that i was like i came from something that was not normal it was the opposite for me like that that wasn't normal to me this was normal like mm. normal is like meeting different people's like not really staying in one place for too long just like jumping from hotel to hotel With my parents going to different places like that was my definition of normal so where, where was home around this time so around that time we had officially um migrated to the u.s so we had lived there straight for about three years so from when i was three years old to six years old mm. and yeah so we lived in um well in the bay area that's where i grew up yeah so. Uh, in Vallejo, yeah, so Vallejo, Vallejo, yeah, Vallejo yeah. California. I have yeah. some cousins too in in the base. So There's like, a we're big Filip yeah, yeah, Filipino yeah. community over there, which is why, like, I feel like I also never really lost the Filipino values, yeah, despite it's really strong. The... Yeah, yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, my parents, like, within the household, they raised me with that too. Apart from, I guess, the the language 
because like I I remember like initially with my parents like they really wanted me to you know stick to learning English like at an early age because they felt like I would pick up on Tagalog later on. Totoo naman talaga mas natutuwa ako magtagalog nung pumasok ako sa industriya because like I was kind of forced in a way like if you really want to make something of yourself here you got to speak the language and I really took it upon myself pinagtuunan ko siya ng pansin parang ano mo yun parang Um, okay, like I, I need to immerse myself like in the, uh, movies, TV series mm-hmm. of like you studied you know, yeah. it. Yeah, I sure, studied yeah. it. Like, and then I would. I think a big help was like conversationally. Like I would just talk to people in Tagalog and like let's say our household staff. Like you know they don't speak English very well, so parang ako na yung adjust. And it was good practice yeah, for me, yeah. and which is why like eventually when I went into acting. Like I was much more confident with it. Like it took me about like four years to be able to speak it um, confidently. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I asked about Vallejo too because my my cousin is from like he lives in Oakland now. So like oh, every time I go back, he's a DJ the there. So really, and he he DJs for Ruby Ibarra's group. Oh, I, I know she's also from Vallejo. Eh? The, the, is she? The, yeah, parang pinay rapper. I know she. Ruby I know Ibarra. her, but I I didn't know that she came from Vallejo. That's yeah. That's So and and like every time I'm there, there's like such a strong, like Filipino identity that they really espouse yeah. in their music and the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like growing up in that area? Like, was there a lot of like um, interaction with other artists, other musicians, or? I would have to say that my interactions with like other musicians, like my parents' friends, would usually come from when they would go on tour and right. stuff like that, because. Mm-hmm. You know, with when we were living in Vallejo, like life was like what would people would say is normal. Mm. You know, and they, I guess they really wanted to give me that. You know, initially, because like they never, they never really like necessarily saw me like, you know, joining entertainment. Like obviously, mm. they could see early signs, but they never pushed me into it. So like, the one of the reasons why we migrated as well is because. You know, my parents wanted to give me a shot at like having an option for my future in terms of studying right. in the U.S. But just for that, little did they know that I wanted to, you know, make a career of myself both here and there. And so, like, you know, the our papers really came in handy for for myself. So, yeah. So, like, life was pretty normal that way. Like, I went to like preschool when I was there, like early, early preschool. And you know, the there would be the Filipino community who would know of them, and like I had an idea, like you know, obviously they knew my parents, but obviously I was like too young to fully grasp it. And because like like I said, like it was normal to me, so I didn't really see it as anything, you know, really weird or or considered abnormal or not a normal lifestyle until like I started going to school like over here in the Philippines, and then. You know, I met classmates, and they were like, "Oh yeah, your parents are famous." Or like, um, like early grade school. Like when I started going into like, I went to a private school. I went to to Miriam actually here, and are you like, Katipunan? Yeah, oh, cool. yeah. yeah. I grew up <laughs> in that area too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so like, 
the teachers and like parents of my classmates would be like for example like oh your dad was like my my crush before <laughs> like he was such Get a that heart from teachers thrill. yeah <laughs> oh yeah the teachers would be like crush ko talaga yung tatay mo dati and i'd be like what am i supposed to do with that yeah, information what do you like, do? <laughs> like, it's like no but it's like obviously it's like cool to hear them admire yeah, my my yeah. parents and then i'd hear um you know like i'd hear my parents of my classmates say like oh your mom like i used to listen to her songs and things like that so that's so, when i started to realize like oh okay like i guess like they you know we really do come from a different really different background because you know they really recognize my my parents in that sense like you know, these are people who you know who idolize them mm-hmm. and things like that so did you go through that like teenage phase of finding music that was like your own identity that's something like something that wasn't your parents music or what what does that like at the- you know what like that's a that's a good question because like i never really had that kind of crisis with with me like of um you know like wanting to find my my own sound like i mean yeah like i there was definitely that period of self-discovery and i was trying to figure out my style but it never really bounced back to them where my music ever sounded anything like the music that they create that they created mm-hmm. although like obviously like all respect to their their music and and all and the, all the songwriters that they've they've collaborated with but um i've i feel like my music has always been different from what they created and you know and that was really encouraged like they never said like oh that that doesn't work or yeah, they, yeah. you know what i mean like i was always allowed and in, in a space to flourish creatively within my family and i think that's one of the reasons why like you know i am here today with the kind of music mm-hmm. that i create is because like i was never restricted from it with them anyway you know like yeah people would and and to this day people still tell me like won't you ever do like a version of your mom's song or your dad's mm. song and it's like yeah like i like i remember they did a anniversary album called 2030 to celebrate their um 20 years and 30 years in the industry um and i i did like a version of my dad's song but just because like it's a different genre altogether i feel and it's a different time and you know my parents are also really respectful of that like in in that sense like it's not in any way to to diminish what they have created or the legacy that they've left upon the industry and the mark they've left on the industry but it's just that you know like i've always been about just like kind of doing whatever feels like authentic to me Mm -hmm. you know creatively and because like at the end of the day it'll translate into my my work and you know i've dabbled in like op or what's considered opm but i i personally believe like opm has definitely evolved and it is yeah, continuing sure. to uh evolve yeah. it is such yeah. a blanket genre yeah I mean, just because it's made by that's you know, true OPM yeah show. because but like um my you know my dad obviously like there's a certain sound that's like associated with with OPM Mm -hmm. and you know he's always said like in terms of like just the way I write like I don't necessarily you know like write like what would be traditionally or conventionally you know OPM nothing nothing wrong with you know OPM because like I'm a big fan of OPM love songs and Mm -hmm. all but 
you know, like, I think it's just because, like, with my influences as well, with my songwriting, like, it's always borrowed from, like, Western, like, artists or, yeah. like, you know, artists like Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, like, those people, like, that's why, like, I feel like in my music, what, you know, like, authentically comes out is that, you know, she definitely did grow up in the U.S. And um, you can definitely see with you know, even the language that I choose to write and I write in English. But, you know, I've had experience writing in Tagalog. I wrote an all Tagalog album yeah. um, like back in 2021 called um, Bahagi. And, you know, I'm really proud of that album because that, you know, Tagalog is outside of my comfort zone mm -hmm. in the sense that it's not my first language, but I managed to write an album of, you know, all eight tracks just yeah. in pure eight Tagalog. Eight tracks is a lot, yeah. Yeah, so like with that, like... I guess that's when I kind of, you know, tried that. But I did it because it felt authentic to me at the time. And, yeah, like, yeah. I was really fortunate enough, like, even with, like, the old record label that I used to work with, like, they also didn't necessarily pressure me into writing mm. in Tagalog immediately. They were like, just, like, write about, like, whatever feels right to you and, like, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. And, you know, it just so happened, like, I felt like I was ready to write in Tagalog and... Yeah, like I remember the first Tagalog song that I I wrote. I actually um I passed it in for Himi Kandog. I don't know if you're, uh -huh, you're familiar. Okay, okay. I did. Um, it made it to the like the initial round. Obviously, it didn't get to the to the finals. But it's actually my song called Panol Naging Tayo, mm -hmm. and that was like my first Tagalog um single. And I was really surprised with myself. Like, okay, like that even was birthed from again another concept like i remember talking about this before but that started yeah, out like millions of plays on spotify yeah, yeah like i was really fortunate that you know that song like clicked and resonated with with a lot of people mm -hmm. and that song really started out from uh from a tweet that i saw mm -hmm. on on twitter that um you know people were talking about like what ifs with relationships and i don't know it just uh, like I think it was like what if maging tayo yeah. or what if kung naging tayo and I was yeah like, that's really cool like tayo, yeah. from all your mga kwento, parang it seems like you have such a healthy relationship to songwriting and I saw in your yeah. bio you wrote your first song at twelve yeah and yeah like, that's so important for me where you have this like playful relationship to your craft where it's not like you know by this deadline you know you have to come out with this or this audience has to feel that you're not writing for an audience you're writing for yourself and i think that's where the best you know creative works come out too. right although i i do have to say though like when when i do write songs like i create it for the people but at the same time like it's like it's an, all of these songs are an extension of myself yeah, yeah but i write it with like us artists like to a certain extent yeah we we seek validation that's why we do what we do like i mean i know some people who just kind of like they put out music and they're like okay whatever if it picks up then it picks up mm. if not then not like obviously like i feel like now you know coming to my own a little bit more like when people ask me like do you feel any pressure of like you know people receiving your music and obviously yeah it's 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 there but at the same time like whenever i do feel that i just go back to my to my core which is like why are you doing this right. well i do it because i because i love it so yeah so like when it comes to my my music like i i feel like i do create music for the people but not in a way where i really manufacture it to 
to fit necessarily a certain market, but like, you know, I, I do it. I write pop music, so like that's generally like easier to digest. But at the same time, like I just write it in hopes to, that the audience that I hope it reaches will will receive it well. Mm -hmm. And when you when you talked about the whole deadline kind of thing, like I've done that before with like songs that I've written for other artists, and like those songs weren't those songs were born like okay. Like after I have to write a song and yeah, like I'm able to do it, but it's, it's not my favorite process, mm -hmm. but you know, like some people like have appreciated the songs that I've written for, for that. And that's good. But like when I write for myself, like I, like you said, like I don't necessarily like to put a time limit right? and like, I just like to take my time and, and write about the experiences that life brings me yeah. because that's how i create songs that are relatable and speaking of experience um i, I do want to touch upon that shift to um like the, the showbiz world right yeah. so um from from singing from being like a you know having that background in singing like what was that like when you you went over here and tried to um had experience in acting and all that so like i went through this phase where you know, early on in my career, I was exploring like options actually in the U.S. Because I've, you know, it's always been a dream of mine. Like, it's no secret, excuse me, to um, you know, break out there. And then I was 12 years old at the time, and I had just written my my first batch of songs. I was so proud of it. And Grab 12, yeah, my first batch of songs. Yeah, wow. first batch of songs. And then you know, I was I was going around like meeting executives there like and then this this um this guy his name is um darren higman and he was the vice president of soundtracks for warner brothers and new line cinema in the u.s and i met him and i played him my songs he liked it but then he said you know you're so young like it's hard for people to like take you seriously and like my advice for you is to you know go back to the Philippines, work on your following because, you know, that's where it's headed. Like, people care about the metrics. And true enough, like, they care about it all the more now than they even did, like, back in, like, what, 2016, 2017? Mm, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's how it, like, kind of, um, that's how it started for me, like, going back. I really started as, I, I strictly wanted to do just singing and songwriting. Um, for the longest time, actually, ever since I was, like, 9, 10 years old, Mr. Um, Mr. Johnny Manahan to mm -hmm. become an artista. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just be like, I didn't want to, like at the time. Like, obviously, there were reasons, like, you know, I was studying, I was in school at the time. But then I just, I didn't want to do it initially just because um, well, <laughs> there was this one experience where I, I walked into an acting workshop. And I saw this, it was a kid's acting workshop. And you know how like um, with here, the like teleseries are so popular and there's like a yeah. certain like trope of like, you know, kids being like yelled at and like <laughs> certain like things. And then may isang parang bata, nakaupo siya sa isang circle. And then, you know, like she was there. And the, the acting coach was like motivating her and being like, ini one ka nanay mo. Cry on cue, yeah, like cry on, cry on cue, and yeah, she was yeah. like, and like I was so traumatized. I was like, oh I don't know if I can do that, like, because like I, I felt like I had a happy childhood. I have nothing uh, to, I have no experience to, 
to use to make me cry uh, like like i don't know how i'm gonna do it so like i just i was like no i don't want to do it and then we even had like meetings with sila um tita malu santos of yeah like star cinema like very early on and that's how they envisioned me as an artista mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like yeah they would think like oh yeah she can sing but she's like an artista who can sing and i was like no like i want people to know like i'm a, i'm a singer and this is even before i re- started writing songs so when i started writing were, were songs, you already aware of what you were getting into like the the filipino celebrity packages like uh, artista singer and dancer definitely um my my parents like i said like if you know you know what they if they had it their way or especially my mom like she wouldn't want me in in the show business because of how cutthroat it is mm. i've always been vocal about that and she has too but you know when i started writing songs that was the game changer mm. because they saw like oh no this is something special it's not just her wanting to you know get into show business and so yeah so like it really just started with me releasing music but then when i turned like 16 And that was the time when I was like, you know, experiencing like my first like heartbreaks and stuff like that. Like that's when I felt like I actually have tools right now that I can use for acting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I took interest in it, and actually, it really just started as um, acting workshops, like one on one, because like I was just I was so terrified doing. Um, thinking of like doing an acting workshop with like a bunch of people, and to this day, I've never done a group acting. workshop right, yeah. like i've only ever really done like one-on-one stuff i did one once before yeah like for directing actors and it is very vul- you feel very vulnerable right it's like, like you're naked in front yeah, of like all these people it's, it's you know you you just expose yourself so much like yeah i was gonna ask if like acting is in the cards for you now after you've gotten an experience of co-directing yeah um so it's another way of interacting with a production set definitely yeah like so with like um With acting, I say like it it requires a different level of of commitment. I think like because like when I was when I was um, acting, like that became my my life for those couple of months that I was filming. Like I don't know, we started Teen Clash, filming like November, and then we wrapped in May. Mm, so like, know. Oh. very long time. I mean, there was a holiday break, but at the same time, it was it was a very long time. And you know, like my life then was really just like home taping, home taping. Like I, I really wasn't up to a lot of things like other than in that. And I think it's also because like, you know, all I wanted to do when I would get home is just sleep because like I was exhausted. But like, I mean, I I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the the connections and the friendships that I made throughout that and the lessons I learned. But that's one of the reasons why I also even made like. another shift this year with wanting to focus more on my music is because like i mean yeah like more power to people who are able to do it at the same time but when you want to immerse yourself into the artistic side of things and not just singing like you need time to be creative you need time to like sit with your with your thoughts and just like you know think about like where you want to go creatively and like while you're acting it's hard to do when you're sleep deprived and you're you're living in the shoes of a different person essentially with a character when getting into character i mean i was really fortunate that teen clash generally was a very light project that didn't like take such a big toll on me in like some ways that i know 
some other friends of mine in the industry like they'll play heavy drama roles and they'll bring that home like even my mom would tell me like with her experience as an actress like which is why she doesn't like contrabida roles now because like she would take those negative emotions back home so it's just like it requires a different level of commitment which is why like i would personally prefer to do acting like in a way like pili lang yung projects ko and like if i really like the role i'll do it but if we're talking about what i want or what i want for to me my like main thing it would it would be music because that's like more more authentic to to me as a person like it works for some people and then for other people like it doesn't necessarily work or like people like me it's like in in the middle of it where i lean towards one more than the other that's 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 really wise a wise choice so yeah i do want to use that as a segue for like the just the last few questions mm-hmm. um we had a really good conversation so far right but i, I do want to end it with some advice you know so for other the list uh, for other listeners you my young creatives not then i guess let's end it with like a a mental health picture and upon what you do for yourself because for sure one of my favorite quotes um from this other creative also i got from the book is he said that the object isn't to create art but to be in that wonderful state where art is inevitable and i just found that so that is that's a really nice it's, it's nice right so yeah. it's like being in that mindset where you're able to create something authentic and like true to yourself so um yeah like what do you do for you know for mental health just to keep yourself happy to keep yourself in a good space uh despite like a really busy schedule right well for me um i think it's just going back to things that i enjoy doing like honestly if i'm going to be completely transparent with you over the past couple of months like people may not know this but i've been struggling a lot with mental health actually mm-hmm. um obviously like i'm able to show up for work and for my for people and that hasn't been an issue at all there but like internally cuz like you know i've gone through some things with my personal life and i feel like you know my songs are also a window into that as well but like you know for me i think what i've been trying to do for myself is just try to go back to the things that i enjoy outside of all of this like even just like you know simple things like for me one of the the things that brings me joy is like being a fan of other artists mm-hmm. so like for example i don't know like like SB19 like i'm a big fan of them so like me getting into like whatever they're up to as just a fan like that that keeps me sane because like you know i get to enjoy not just as an artist but just like as a as a viewer as a fan cuz like i'm a big you know fan of like bands and other artists like i love you know supporting that um i'm generally like a very chill person like my idea of a good time is like i'll just like i'll watch netflix and like i'll i'll eat chips like that's my thing or just like surrounding myself with the with people who you know really understand me and who like me for me. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that I've been doing and I've been also trying to focus on doing over the past like couple of months after like a lot of things that I've been through is like okay, like I I want to, you know, experience all these things like I'll go to parties, I'll go to events and in a way even though some of them might be work like me meeting new people, like that's what keeps things exciting for me not only as um as an artist but as an individual as a human mm, being yeah. because that's important like um with with like this whole thing with 
a.m. Like I, I'm, I'm putting out a post. Actually, it might actually be up by the time this episode comes out. But it's like uh, I have a little statement at the end of like my note for the song, which is like, before I'm an artist, I'm a human being first, mm-hmm. and that's like really, really something that I've been trying to remind myself because, like last night, like I was just, I've been overthinking a lot about you know the metrics and the logistics of it all and wanting to deliver and feeling like you know failure is not an Mm. option in a way although like you know failure is a good teacher and it's a part of a journey but you know sometimes like as somebody who who's really like immersed in her work and who feels so passionate and so grateful to the people around me it's like there's there's become that pressure of like oh i have to deliver because i don't want to yeah. let these people down that's legit scary yeah, yeah it for is sure. it is scary and like as a young adult being like because like when you're younger i don't know well for, for me anyway like i felt like oh I've, i'm young i've got time i got like, time yeah, i've got yeah. time like if it if this doesn't work out then you know i'm not even at the prime age of like what people consider to be like you have to be successful and people would agree with me like oh you're 16 you're okay but like you you enter your early 20s like me i just turned 20 so i'm like okay like this is the age where you know people usually say in your 20s like you you gotta prove yourself like you gotta be successful in this Mm -hmm. and that there's a lot of pressure on that yeah and that's one of the things that i struggled with mentally not just like you know like with that like creatively but like in the career aspect of Mm -hmm. things so in a way like i feel like a lot of people my age would be able to relate to that because um although i don't like the word like figuring it out but in a way like i guess it is applicable in the sense like um also in the sense like in just like uh unique and abnormal circumstances but i'm also just a young adult trying to navigate yeah, navigate yeah. through her, her way through love and and life so like yeah to answer to go back to your question it's going back to things that i enjoy on my own things that also even don't have anything to do with people or not associated with memories with other with other people it's just like mm-hmm. things that um make me happy like also making my inner child happy if that makes sense yeah so it's like those are things that i feel like are important for you to come back to every now and then and it just it it's like that breather like for me at the end of a long day what i love is like being in my room like i have a tv in my room and then like it's a smart tv so i'll just like i'll go on youtube i'll look up like funny stuff like i'll watch like youtubers that i used to enjoy and things like that mm-hmm. and that's what sobrang parang pwedeng sabihin na parang ang babaw ng kaligayahan but no, it is true that sounds like a fun night yeah, <laughs> at least like, for me <laughs> yeah but it's like it's just like trying to like turn off my brain yeah yeah because like i'm the type of person my mind's always moving like with this and i'm I'm sure you understand as as an artist as well like it's your mind is always moving Mm -hmm. it's always like it's racing you're thinking of new things and like you know uh in the early hours of morning you're like you're my, and like i'm a night owl so that's another thing like i'm much more active at night mm-hmm. and like i'm thinking about all these things and sometimes it's just if there's any advice to people it's like learn to turn your brain off learn to just let yourself relax try not to beat yourself up for it yeah of course like work work hard mm-hmm. yeah like you have to like i'm i'm the type of person like obviously like i'm all about rest but like i'm all, all about hustle as well like 
if you want to make things happen for yourself, like, yeah, there are a lot of circumstances, but the only person that you can ever truly count on is yourself when it comes to that. So you, it's so important for you to be strong like that mentally and have that willpower. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like I know a lot of people have different circumstances, but you have to power through whatever yeah. you're going through because like no one can do that for you. Mm -hmm. Like people may be able to assist you, they can help you, but if you can't help yourself, then no one else can. So I think that's yeah. that's what I would probably. Yeah, I think that's a good segue to my other question um, about, you know, w whenever you feel uh, unfocused or like pretty down or, you know, just when uh, w when things are getting heavy, like what is something that you, you turn to, you know, aside from. You know, it could be like friends or are you someone who journals? Are you someone yes, who, are I you a big journal? I, um, I journal, but actually what I like to do is I, I write letters. Letters. Oh, I that's interesting. I write letters. Um, it could be a letter to myself. It could be a letter to the the, the person that, um, let's say, like when I'm going through a breakup, like I'll write letters to that person as I'm in no contact with them just to kind of like say the things like, because like sometimes you realize like you don't, always get the closure that you deserve not in just relationships but with certain experiences in life like sometimes things happen and they don't turn out the way that you want them to or you don't get the, all the answers and sometimes you have to just like as an adult you have to be ready to accept that just accept like sometimes there will be things that you'll never get the answers to and you know that that is difficult to to take but it's just a part of life because mm -hmm. life isn't meant to kind of bend your way like it just happens so yeah do you ever send out these letters or is it just like for you to keep um i i don't think it's like sending out but like i've written letters to people and i've had them read it mm. and you know like with my last relationship actually or yeah last last relationship <laughs> so um yeah the yeah the last like well or the i guess with the person that i that i i wrote like a lot of these like n like new songs about like you know he read some of my letters to to him because we were in a space where i was you know comfortable to share those thoughts with him and you know like i've i've done that but then generally i tend to keep them to myself sometimes i'll have friends read them and you know kind of like during like a trauma dump session where we're just like talking about our trauma and because like a lot of them are a lot of my trauma is written in these letters like you know some of them will be positive like when something is like you know like i'm the type of person like if something good happens like i'll write a letter if something bad happens i'll write a letter just because it's like it's nice to kind of address someone like journaling's is is okay like okay this is what happened to mm -hmm. me blah, blah 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 but like when it feels like a conversation which is why i like podcasts uh -huh, if it's yeah, like yeah. a conversation i feel like my brain thinks a little bit better same rather than if i'm just alone with my thoughts um i don't i don't like that because like yeah. it just goes different places i'll try that in letter format usually i i, I love journaling too it's like something i need for for my own maintenance but it's always, always like just like me talking to myself so yeah maybe i'll try that you should um okay so let's just end it with one question i like asking different sure. artists and it just explores our relationship with failure you know i think Ooh. with <laughs> with a lot of us we are kind of averse to 
even acknowledging failure, but yeah. I mean, the truth is failure is like a necessary step in finding out where you want to go, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, do you have any favorite failure or like a failure or something that felt like a failure before that eventually led to like a lesson or something? Um, I think off of the top of my head, like my failure with my relationships, Mm. probably. Although, in a way, like... I don't know, like, it's because, like, people have different opinions with, like, is it a failed relationship if it didn't work out? But, like, yeah, like, for in a, cer- in a certain extent, I feel like my relationships have taught me a lot about myself and the way I approach life, I would have to say. Like, it's like a domino effect on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, those are some of my favorite failures in the sense because, like, they'll always stick with with me. Yeah. Like, I think. Um, I would have to say like with that, it's like one of the things that I learned is like when it comes to life or when you get into something, always leave a little bit for yourself. I think that's so important. It's so important that whenever you get into anything, whether it be a relationship or your job or anything, it's like, it's so important to not lose yourself in Mm. it too much. And I feel like that's a really good lesson to have it because like, you soon realize that when once you're too far gone and you're you're you've completely like lost yourself or you kind of lost your way it's so hard to pick up the pieces back which is why like you exercise a certain level of caution with whatever you get into i mean i mean yeah like i've been there before where i'm so passionate about something or somebody and because like i'm the type of person that when i go into anything absolutely anything when it comes to like creatively relationships i'm all out yeah like i i pour everything i i love until i have no more love to give and i'm the same way with with my with my work like uh i i love what i do so so i'm the type of person that i i realize that you gotta have that little bit of yourself so like no matter what you'll be fine like i think that's one of those things that you have to realize is you know, leaving a bit of yourself or not completely losing yourself will make it so that um, you'll be able to heal more effectively and maybe even faster. Obviously, experiences are are different each time. Like, no heartbreak or failure is ever the same as the last one. Like, some hit different than others. But with that, like, leaving that bit of yourself and... Um, knowing yourself enough and being honest with yourself is another thing that I mm-hmm. like when it comes to anything as well like you have to be honest with yourself that's one of the things that my mom has has taught me is um, mm-hmm. like if that makes sense like like you gotta when when you're honest with yourself you'll be able to unlock like the wisdom that you need to make decisions in life like whether it be like be honest with yourself if this person is the right person for you if this person is still healthy for you i think that's another thing with with me um that i've learned that um because i'm the type of person as well that when i want something to work out i i really like you know like keep telling myself oh like I want to look, I look past the bad and look at the good, but 
at to a certain point, there comes a point where you have to think about, um, and not to be selfish in any way, but you have to think, is this still healthy for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like you have to have those reality checks. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to get lost in things and wanting to be a fixer and wanting things to work out. Because I, that's me. I'm I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. Yeah. And that that can be a problem because um, I can like you know like cut myself in trying to pick up the broken pieces of another thing or yeah, another, another failing, person, a person mm-hmm. or a, or a failed thing, and. I think at the end of the day, it's just important to just keep moving forward in yeah. the midst of all of it, because like that's what life is. Like life goes on, no matter what. Like even long after we're all gone, like it'll keep going on. And like even after a, a, a major setback or a failure, you just have to figure out how you're gonna move forward and be steadfast in that. And you know realize that there's a lot to look forward to i think i think that's one of the things that have you know that i've been trying to keep in mind with myself over the past couple of months as i've been going through a lot of things is that always look for something to like you know hold on to or it's like well even if it's something like that's considered like mundane or but if you have something to look forward to it'll be something that will keep you going mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah you know like that will keep you in check for life no matter what life throws at you it's like i'm not gonna throw on like you know like like uh like positive quotes of like you can't have a rainbow without <laughs> a little rain like stuff like that yeah. but in a certain essence of it there is some truth in it that you know it's all about that like um like when it comes to setbacks like it's all about the mindset i think it's it's how you mentally approach it and i'm not saying like obviously i say all of this but it's easier said than not mm-hmm. i'm even learning as mm-hmm. i'm i'm talking about it don't get me wrong but it's life is just a it's a learning experience for all of us and um we should never want to stop learning because the minute that you decide for yourself that I'm done learning. That's the end of it. It's the end of growth, progress. Yeah, and uh, that's that's great, Jada. I think yeah. um, that's a perfect place to end the yeah. interview, the podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. For thank your you for time. having me. This thank was such a great com- conversation. Yeah, congrats on the new release. Thank um, you. Thank looking you. forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just uh, brush us up on uh, the dates? That, so the, is it when is the music video coming out again? Um, I believe it's coming out November 6th. Okay. Yes, it comes out November 6th. I think that's a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's yeah. a Monday. So yeah, the, the music video for AM is released on November 6th. And um, AM drops October 27th, maybe. Yeah, obviously by the time this comes out, it'll be out. So yeah, make sure to stream it on um yeah on spotify apple music wherever you get your music from and um yeah there's the lyric video that's actually going to be coming out at the same time as the as the um the the song on spotify and i'm actually really proud of that too because like i was talking about a shower scene in Uh in the am music video and it's actually um that lyric video is the whole like one take of that 
shower oh, scene okay. because yeah. like it wasn't meant to be the lyric video but i just when i was watching it while i was editing the music video i was like this whole sequence is like really nice in itself and i've even had feedback that it could have been the music video as well so i'm i'm really proud of that so check that out as well there's a lot of like we put the um the lyrics of the song and like have you seen those quotes on like pinterest or like tumblr just like the internet uh -huh. where it's like it's in yellow and it looks like movie subtitles yeah yeah that's yeah. how i okay. did it nice, yeah nice. so yeah it's it's a little concept Very cinematic yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the idea yeah. really with especially with am it's meant to feel like a short film in a little and, uh, exciting yeah. so yeah right. i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah um jada thanks so much for Thank all the personal so much, insight yeah, and all the yeah Thank you for the great questions. I always hey. uh, enjoy talking to fellow creatives.